title this morning, I do want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. How many know that we are in a series uh, called Follower? And I just want to touch very briefly. Uh, I don't want to, I can't add to what God's already spoken to us uh, this morning. He has heard the word, and it could be a word uh, that can call to action. Remember, this year is a year of action. We spoke that way back in January, now it's October. Come on, this is the year. Still a year of action. It's still 2017, and it's still a year of action. And so the word that God is speaking to us should uh, not just go, they're not just going to say, well, you know, that's just a great word. But it should, it should push us to action in our lives. Come on. It's a call to action. Very familiar passage of Scripture. You've heard it before. You've heard it preached on. Some of you have preached on it. Uh, but I believe it's a word for the day. Verse 3 of Ezekiel 47. Uh, if you remember, uh, Ezekiel spoke this. Uh, he said, And when the man went out to the east with the lion in his hand, Ezekiel saw his vision. It was for Israel. He measured 1,000 cubits and he brought he threw the waters, and the waters came up to work. I didn't say, Jesus, come on. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, the waters came up to work. To the moon. And then he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters that came up with him. To my wedding. Come on. Came up to my wedding. And he measured 1,000, and what was it? It was a, a river that I could not cross. Why couldn't I cross the river? Why was it? Why was it doing Come on, I gotta swim. I gotta swim. I cannot cross the river because now I have to swim. You know, this this much passage of scripture is really timeless. You may say, Well, I've heard this so often before, and I know, you know, uh, God's calling us out to the deep and all of that. Uh, but you know, it's one thing to hear a message. And I would say this to you, how many messages do you have to hear before you take action? Come on. How many, I'm talking to myself too. I'm looking in the mirror this morning. How many sermons do we have to hear on Ezekiel 47 uh, before we actually make a move? I'm not talking about people who just go, oh yeah, that's good. Oh, good word. Thank you. You better expose it. You better say it. That's a great word. That's all good. But I believe God's not looking for good services anymore. Come on now. And I know for me, I'm not just interested in a good service. I love good services. But I'm not interested in it stopping there. He said this morning, there's got to be more. Is there more than this? Is this all there is? Is a, is a great Sunday morning service for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, some churches? Come on. So I remember growing up, man. We took a break to eat the media right back in when I was growing up. And I was crying because I was losing football and all kinds of stuff. And then my mom just slapped me upside the head and said, Come on, we're going to keep going. You know, half an hour, whatever it is, if we can come together and sing some songs and hear a great word and go, wow, that was a good word, and you know, say a few things, speak in a few tongues, and that's it, folks. You know, that's it. That's all we are. Christianity is who we are. It's not what we do. This is who, this is who I am. I'm this way in church. I'm this way in the marketplace. I, I'm this way at work. I'm loving. I'm kind. You know, I may not speak in tongues at work. Come on. But my heart is the same way. I still have a thankful heart to the Lord and still glorify Him. How many sermons do we have to hear about going out to the deep? Come on. And some of us are at that place. You know, I look at uh, this journey that we're talking about when we talk about followers. And, uh, you know, when we talk about what we first started talking about the admirers, I look at that as the multitude. 
the admirers are the multitudes. You know, that's, that's uh, the multitudes of people that came to see Jesus. Uh, they were all over the place. They just wanted to see what was going on. And then there were those people that went a little bit further. Uh, they had some questions. They were the inquirers. And what I want to talk to you about this morning, just, a, just for a few minutes, uh, are the responders. Those who have seen what Jesus has done, they've had some questions, so they've come uh, and looked at Jesus at night and said, well, you know, I just had a couple of questions. Jesus answered their questions, now they're ready to respond. God wants to know this morning, is there anyone in the house that you can tell on to be a responder to his word? Come on, not just an admirer, not just an inquirer, but a responder. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must do what? What's the first thing? You got to remember? Come on. Deny yourself. Don't think about the cross yet. We are talking about the cross. Deny Jesus couldn't go to the cross unless he first denied himself. And this is the root. This is the core issue of us becoming Followers. I'm not talking about thumbs up followers like on Instagram. <laughs> Come on. Because when you talk about being a follower of Christ, that's distinctive. There's no confusion about uh, Christ when he says, You're going to become my follower. Uh, you, there's no murkiness about that. Uh, you know, he's, he's very plain and he's very clear about what it takes to be a follower of Christ. And so if you're going to be a follower of Him, the first thing that He wants you to do is deny your sin. This is what catches us up. And this is just what I want to talk to you about for a few moments. Our sin. I mean, whether it's ministering to someone, witnessing to someone in the marketplace, whether it's taking a stand at work or in our family for principle, we are worried about what others will think about us, even in service sometimes. We saw that video a few weeks ago about the guy talking about he goes to a, a hand-raising church. <laughs> you know, some people are not quite, you know, want to do it yet, and they just right here, and some are all the way out, you know. And maybe God is calling you to Maybe he's saying, lift your hands in my presence. Well, I don't know what other people will think about me. I see Sarah raising her hands, but I don't know uh, what other people are looking at me. I learned something a long time ago from a very wise lady, Jody Clark. She taught a bunch of us something, uh, but she was not really impacted by this, uh, even to today. And this may have been 15 years ago. She began to talk about the difference in uh, self centeredness and selfishness. And to me, I just thought that was the same thing. I just thought, you know, you're selfish, you're self centered, you're all that, you're just no good. <laughs> but you know what I learned is that selfishness is just a speak in your honor. That's something that can be fixed. Self-centeredness, that's going to go to a heart issue. And you might be saying, well, what are you talking about? What's the difference? Well, you can be selfish. Selfish is I'm not going to share my candy with you. You know, I, I've got some things to do and uh, uh, I, don't, I, you know, I don't have time uh, to share it with you. Or I don't, you know, you need some money, but I need money too, so I'm not going to share money with you. It's about sharing, right? It's about kindergarten. That's what selfishness is about. And so you can be selfish. But you can be self-centered and be self-less. You can say, look, you need some money, you need some money, Brother Travis, okay. Uh, here, 
I'm giving you Travis this five dollars, brother. I just want you to know that I'm giving you this five dollars because you need it. I have it, and I am not selfish. I'm trying to be like that. I want everybody to know that I'm giving him this five dollars. That's called being self-centered. Come on. Everybody will know you're not selfish, but you're self-centered. That's a heart issue. And that's what puts a lot of us up. You become self-centered when it comes to the Lord. When you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, that means I'm going to put him on the throne of my life. Do you know that when you pray, come on now, and you end your prayer and you say, in Jesus' name, you're not just telling Jesus what to do. Come on, you know, some of you think that, well, I'm going to pray this, and when I say in Jesus' name, I'm going to say, you got to do it, because I said in Jesus' name, and you say, whatever you say in my name. What you're saying when you say in Jesus' name is, you're saying, Lord, I turn it over to you. However you want to do it, whenever you want to do it, the way that you want to do it, the same thing that you want to do it, all of that belongs to you. It's no longer me. It's in Jesus' name belong, belongs to you, Lord. That's what you're saying when you say in Jesus' name, and that's what sets us up sometimes. That's what some of us have an issue with. Now, here's the thing. We, we must understand that when we, as we go through this life, we have to not only share selfishness, but we've got to begin to allow God to work on the self-centered issue of us. Because life is all about others. Jesus, how many want to be like Jesus? Would you say that? Like, you know, I always say I want to be like Jesus. Jesus, when he walked this earth, was a person who lived, I don't mean gifting for others, he lived for others. You want to be like Jesus? Jesus was a person that when he walked this earth, the Bible says, the Bible says there's no greater love for a person to lay down their life for a friend. They want to be like Jesus. Now, when I say lay down a life, lay down your life for your friends, it doesn't necessarily mean dying or taking them out in front of the bus and you standing in front of the bus uh, to take it for them or taking a bullet. It means that all the things that you want to do, if they want to do something different, then maybe you will do what they want to do. Come on, somebody. That's laying down your life. I have 27 things to do today, but so-and-so called me and they want to talk about a problem they have, and I really don't have time, but guess what? It's more important to talk to them or to listen to what they have to say. Come on, now. We're talking about living your life for others. You think that was time where Jesus was hungry, where he was tired, and he said, come on. I mean, all day long, I mean, they just took the roof off and put the man down. I, I, you know, I healed him. The other guy kept crying, son of David, and I healed his eyes, and one guy came up to me, and, uh, you know, he said, you don't even have to come, just send the word. And secretly, I was like, well, thank goodness, you know, because I'm tired of walking. So, yes, he's already healed. And I've done all that, and now it's about 9.30, and I'd like to just eat a little popcorn and uh, watch the game or watch some... But here comes someone else who needs something else. You think Jesus was never tired? That's why the Bible said he had to go away when he wanted to pray and be alone. Now he was tired. So how can we complain? Come on now, you're talking about being followers. And listen, you know, don't jump on me for this word. You started with me, you started service now. Some of the words have been coming the whole time. You've been coming the whole time, it's about others living your life for others. 
So yeah, you think that was Because if God did not live out here about this, then I'm going to make a commitment to his church. How many of us, don't raise your hands here, but how many of us are satisfied with the number of people that we've brought to Christ? How many of us are satisfied with the number of people that we've witnessed to? How many of us are satisfied with just hearing Jesus? Maybe not even what you call serious witnessing, just responding when someone says, oh, why are you so happy today? Or why are you down today? And you glorify Jesus in some way, one way or another. I know I'm not satisfied with that. I mean, we're living for others. Come on now. If our life is to be lived, if it's Jesus first, others second, and yourself last in order to bring you joy, I think that most of us are looking more for happiness than we are for joy. Come on. And so I believe God, I know He's bringing me to pass. I'm just sharing it with you. Maybe it's just me. Could be. You know, He just wants me to share it with you. But I know He's bringing me to pass about glorifying His name in everything that I do. Whether it's driving on 37 and people driving crazy and the traffic is crazy, and I want to blow my horn and say a few things. Whether I'm at work and my boss. Sitting on my last nerve, my mother used to say, You got to get used to your last nerve. You have no more nerve. I mean, when you got on your last nerve, how you going to act? You still going to be a Christian? You are a Christian. Now you don't act, but you don't act like what you are. When you see someone who's asking some questions, do you dare share Jesus with them? Would you dare invite them? The only way this church is going to grow, and I'm talking about in numbers, is if you and I invite people to church. People are not just going to drive down 37 and say, hey, I think I might want to turn right and go to church. They can't the highway anyway, they can't even do that. And that is going to take us doing something. If you're talking about me, listen, I'm making a commitment to you. When I'm here in my office, I go to Subway for lunch. Last week, I invited the people from Subway to church. And I said, these people probably think I'm crazy. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't know all the You know, they don't know any of that. But just got into a conversation, opportunity presented itself, left my card. If you want to come to church, we have a great church right around the corner from where we are right now. That was calling us. To another level. Some of us have come to the place where we're anchored deep, and we say, "Let's just get this right here." I mean, I, I, I see the deep out there. I admire it. It's great. I think about it with my friends. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. Look at that way out there. It's awesome. And then there are those who say, "I might want to go out there." Whoa, wait a minute. The water started coming up. We got to my knees. Oh, it's still awesome. I like it. I went a little bit further. I went a little bit further. I love Jesus. I mean, if somebody really wanted me and asked me about Jesus, I might tell them, yeah, I go to church. And then there are those who went out to their ways. It's getting a little scary now. 
Because now I'm getting into conversations with people. And I'll tell them how the Lord changed my life and how He's worked on me. And how life is not just about church and not life is not just about Jews and don't. The life is about every day living for Him. Life is about getting up early and, uh, and, and, and going before the Lord in devotion and doing what He would have you do. A responder is a person that would say, Lord, I've been an admirer. I've been an deep. Lord, I've been an inquirer. I came out there where it was up to my knees and it was up to my waist. But now I'm asking the question of you, God, what more do you want me to do? That's where God wants us. He wants us to the place where we're saying, God, what more do you want me to do? But see, the self-centered part of us will be the one that sits back and says, Lord, what are you going to do for me? I'm hurting. I'm sick. I need deliverance. I need more money. I need my bills paid. Uh, there's people in my family uh, that need help. Lord, I'm just going to pray and see what you will do. God's looking for the people that say, Lord, what more do you want me to do? Stop worrying about your needs. Just speak to me first. Somebody can say, it's the kingdom of heaven. And all these things, thank you, Patty, will be added unto you. But we focus on all these things, and that's all we do. We go to conferences about all these things. We listen to messages about all these things. We try to find scriptures to help us with all these things. And God said, all these things are already taken care of. I'm looking for somebody to say, Lord, what more do you want me to do? What more can I do? I want you to come to church, and I want you to participate in service. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. I want you to be the part of the whatever ministry and help out in church. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. I want you to be a witness for me, even on your job and in the marketplace. And uh, I want you to act like me uh, wherever you are. Okay, uh, Lord, I can do that. And the Lord says, okay, that's good. And then you say, Lord, what? That's what he wants us. Where the change is going to come. That's when God's spirit is going to move when He says, when He sees a people who say, Lord, what more do you want me to do? Let me just give you a few people who are model responders who would say, Lord, what more do you want me to do? See if you see yourself in any of these people, and if you don't, see if you would, would say to yourself, Well, I really need to be a little more like some of these people. First of all, Moses, and that's the three things you remember. Uh, and then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the dish is not burning. And here's a key thing Moses, here I am. Somebody say, Here I am. One more time, here I am. Yes, God is waiting here. But here's what happened. Here's when God moved. Moses was walk, walking along. He saw the bush. He was an admirer. He looked at it. What the heck is going on here? He was an admirer. But then he became a responder because the Bible says he turned and saw. God wants somebody to turn aside and come to him. Come to me. I want to seek my face while I may be found. Found in here. I'm looking for some people to turn aside, to be interested enough to come closer. I'm not talking about coming closer in church. I'm not talking about coming down to the altar. You want to be familiar I'm not talking, I'm talking about turning aside and coming closer to God in your own personal life. Something you may not see here, but in your own personal life, God is saying, turn aside and come to me. Are you like Moses? 
What about Samuel? Remember when Samuel was a little boy? God said, Finally, Samuel says, Speak, I am listening. Now, this, this, this Hebrew word uh, here uh, in, in the scripture here, uh, when it's talking about I am listening, the Hebrew word uh, doesn't just mean uh, I, I, I'm listening with my ears. It means I'm listening to hear what you would say so that I can do it. It's an action word. I'm listening to hear what you would say so that I can do it. You want to be like Jesus? Come on. Here I am. I'm listening. What about Isaiah? Isaiah was a perfect example. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 7, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Many of us talk like this. Thank you, Lord. I got saved and asked the Lord to come into my life. My iniquity is taken away, and my sin is purged. But Isaiah didn't stop there. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, What? Here I am. Here am I. And he just didn't say, Well, I'm, I'm over here. He said, Here I am. Send me. I don't even know what you want me to do. A lot of times, following Jesus may not necessarily mean that you know what's going to happen next. A lot of times, following Jesus is about the response. Here I am. Send me. He told Abraham, go out to a place that I will, will, will show you. But you got to go from it. Here I am, send me. What about Mary? I love Mary's response. When God told her, he said, I don't understand what's going on. How can this happen? And the angel explained it to her, and you know what she said? Let it be unto me, as you have said. Let this happen. You heard the word this morning. Thank you, Lord. Let it happen. Lord, let it happen. Maybe it'll hurt. Maybe it'll be embarrassing. Who knows? But just let it. Let it happen to me. Yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it happen to me according to your word. And be it done to me. In other words, bring it into existence, Lord. I'm ready. I am ready. What about Ananias? You remember Ananias, Acts chapter 9? There was a certain disciple who was at the master's name Ananias, and the Lord said unto him, Ananias, he's about to tell him somebody's coming. But Ananias responded, Here I am. Use me however you want to use me. And God said, I'm glad that you said that, because Paul is coming. He didn't tell him Paul was coming first. He just said, Ananias. Here I am, Lord. Paul is coming. I'm still here. Because Paul is one who is killing Christians. And I never did know he had been knocked to the ground. And I don't know if he was knocked off a horse or not. The Bible doesn't talk about a horse. He was really he was on a horse, but he was traveling a long way. But the Bible just says he was knocked to the ground. He could have been walking. I don't know what he was doing. Things differently, and, and when I, you know, when you talk about kingdom shift and all of that, you know, really, there's nothing new under the sun. 